first time the cops crashed porch tour and they were really fucking nice. <laughs> Not only were they nice, they were like unbelievably attractive. Like I would just leave here and go watch them fuck. That's what I would do for my evening. That's probably why they're relaxed. I bet they were banging in their car right before they got here. You don't even know, like they were both tens. Like actually, if I'm being honest, the chick might have been a nine, but he was a ten. That guy. That was a dreamy dude. Triple episode coming at you right now after a brief introduction. Going to be very brief because I'm extremely tired from Porch Tour. Thank you, everyone that came out. Holy shit, this run of shows was incredible. Uh, we've never quite Porch Toured like this with this many different backyards, different locations. Waking up at 6 in the morning, trying to squeeze out all the diarrhea before you get onto a flight. And then also, I'd made the mistake of trying to wedge all of my gear into a single thing so I wouldn't have to pay for the, uh, you know, the luggage because I'm taking a flight every single morning. And I didn't quite anticipate like living like a marine where every single day you got to remake your gun except it's not that exciting it's just all your wires and dirty clothing that you're trying to shove back into a things that you can try and wedge it into the overhead anyways i like i said this was going to be a brief introduction because i got three live podcasts that are about to come at you that's right we did three live podcasts over the weekend and some of these news stories are still relevant isn't that exciting i'm going to do the uh the episode that i did in salt lake city last because that was the debate recap and at this point you guys have already heard all that stuff but before we get into the deep debate recap half that crowd were like mormons that had done the whole mormon thing and i learned about salting are you guys aware of salt? No, I'm, I'm not sorry. Salting is a kosher thing that you put on your beef. Soaking is the workaround so that Mormons who are still of their religious faith and affiliation can dip their wieners into vaginas or have, uh, if you're a lady, I don't want to sound like I'm a sexist here and that this is only from the male angle, but if you wanted to have a male place himself within you without violating the religious laws of your sex, you can soak. And we're going to get all into that later. Uh, so anyways, three episodes coming at you. And uh, thank you, everyone, for coming out for Porch Tour. This run has been incredible. We got more people coming out. These things have been an absolute blast. And there's only a couple left. The biggest show of the entire Porch Tour is this Saturday. You guys have to come to this. I don't care if you got to get in a car. It's pretty centrally located in, uh, I think it's Myersville, Maryland. It's not that far from uh, Washington, D.C., Get in your car. This is the OG porch in Max's backyard. He's got a private backyard. I crashed there, so that means we're, it's a party night. This is a party night, and I got a festival's amount of people coming out. This is a $20 ticket that should be a 100-day, all-day event. You got my entire roster of, uh, you got the entire Panties in the Mouth podcast coming out. Uh, LaMare, Nate Marshall, and Andy. And then, of course, you got BK Chris. You got Menu and Heart. You got the Shedcast boys doing a rap concert. We're going to be doing a live podcast. So I'm telling you, get, get in your caravan, get in your car, take a flight. This is the biggest porch tour of the entire year. Uh, but if you can't make it out for that one, we've got four more porch tour dates coming up. They're all exciting and good times. Going to be back in L.A. at uh, Brian from Lions of Liberty's house. We're also going to be doing a show in Aguanga, California. And then the last three shows of Porch Tour is going to be in Las Vegas, Tucson, and Phoenix, Arizona. You can get all those dates at summerporchtour.com. All right, so let's get into the episode. Uh, the first one that we're going to do is the live stuff from Denver. And, of course, before we do that, 
You know, there's one company that makes all the travel possible, and that's YoKratom.com, home of the $6 kilo. Because with their incredible ingenuity of being able to discover how to get a kilo of Kratom for just $60, they've been able to make so much profits that they can support things, such as some report store and all sorts of uh, other comedy programming. So if you're out there and you're enjoying yourself some Kratoms, why not get it from the only place to get you a kilo of Kratom for $60? YoKratom.com, home of the $6 kilo. And if you don't like the Kratoms, you can get yourself Delta products at YoDelta.com, promo code RYM, 20% off get yourself vape pens gummies whatever the hell you're into you can uh, be getting high forever all right let's uh, start with the episode from denver so the first topic i want to get into is something that uh we're all going to be hyped up about and that's that they are trying to bring back the masks yeah fucking sucks right and i don't know about you guys i'm not going for it again like i just if i i'm not doing it i don't care if you got a business you're going to make me wear a mask i'm out the one exception might be flights and so here's what I'm thinking. If they bring back the mask, I'm going to get ahead of it. And uh, I'll put these up on my website. I've never really even sold merchandise before, but you guys can be on the lookout. If they bring back masks, I will get specially printed masks. The first one just being, we're all retarded. <laughs> yes. Uh, the next mask that I'll get printed will be labeled, ah, the fresh scent of Chinese factory chemicals in my nostrils. <laughs> Isn't that the craziest thing about these masks is that they're three cents from ch some Chinese factory and you think it's better for your health to have Chinese plastic up against your fucking nose, and these idiots want to bring it back? All right, here's the next one. I'm wearing this because I fart a lot. <laughs> and then on a similar note, uh, the next mask, and I think that this is really the one to wear if you're out in public or on a plane, wearing this to be polite is I ate your mom's pussy last night and it wasn't fresh. <laughs> <laughs> so the point I'm making is we're all going to have to do our part to protest because I'm not going back. And at a minimum, I'd love to get pulled over by, like, the flight marshal or whatever. And they're like, sir, you're going to have to take your mask off. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's beating the system. <laughs> uh, Kyle, you think uh, you think they might make a COVID comeback or you think we're in the clear? I don't know, man. I did. We saw a guy. It's funny. The first mask we had, we saw a guy today. We went and got coffee and there was some big fat idiot with a mask on, and the first thing I thought was, oh, a retarded person. So I guess that was pretty accurate. It yeah. also is such a grift that all the masks right. come from China, and China is who gave us COVID, yeah. and now I'm starting to see it's all just a big mask racketeering operation. There's just a fucking circular circle. It's a I, circle jerk. I'm nervous if masks come back because then I will have to actually uh, take some stock and rethink my outlook on humanity because people are way dumber than I thought. Like... No, I'm telling you, like, I mean, I, I'm a political commentator and I am convinced that people can't possibly be this stupid to fall for this bullshit again. And if it happens, I'm going to have to rethink my entire life. Um, but in terms of just like being prepared for, uh, you know, the next thing that government throws at us, because we do live our lives. We're wondering what are they going to do to lock us down? And so the newest chatter is that you need to tattoo yourself blue and turn our villages into Smurf if you want to avoid direct energy attacks. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's <laughs> the latest insight out of Maui is uh, individuals claiming that blue objects were spared, which includes celebrity houses that happen to have blue roofs, uh, and, uh, th and blue cars were spared, blue umbrellas were spared. For some reason, the overlords love the color blue. Huh. So my balls are safe is what you're telling me. I guess so. Uh, my concern is because people are they're taking it seriously. They're like, you got to be prepared if there's a direct energy attack. You got to make yourself blue. But I'm like, there's no way they're they're gonna go blue 
twice in a row. So really, the only way that you're going to be able to survive the next one is if you embrace the colors of the rainbow. (laughs) (laughs) You just got to go full on, like that's, if you go full queer and tattoo yourself and your partner, Colored rainbows, you're, then you're colored. Then you're safe, yeah. Yeah, you're Clearly. safe, whatever the, color they want to be. Or we all with. just join the Blue Man group. <laughs> <laughs> we all play bong, or bongos so, on pipes, and we're safe. Exactly. Did you guys see those uh, those articles making the round? It was a big Twitter thing that they were saying that Hawaii was a direct uh, energy weapon. Uh, I feel like it was more likely just government incompetence of, uh, you know, hiring single energy companies and having them invest in windmills instead of fixing up faulty equipment lines. Uh, But the good news is, listen, you know, we got a government, and when you got problems like places being on fire, what you need is Biden on the job. (laughs) I'm killing it. And there he is asleep. (laughs) (laughs) He went down to Hawaii, and, you know, I I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe plans come to him in his dreams. You know what I mean? I mean, there's also a lot of fumes in the air. I don't know. Yeah. Knocked him out. He showed up. He was like, let me sleep on it. And I don't know. Did you guys (laughs) watch the video of him uh, trying to console the individuals of uh, Maui? Oh, God. All right. Here we go. If I can find my mouse. And hopefully this. Make a long story short. I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette. He tried to console the people of Hawaii, telling them that his house nearly burnt down. It didn't, and he nearly lost his Corvette. (laughs) Poor guy. Yeah, that was his sympathy. But by the way, him losing his Corvette is also next to some very important government papers. So (laughs) that's true. That's where they're all. Yeah, he might not be able to. Like literally, our government might not be able to afford a uh, a fire in Joe Biden's garage. Then we'd lose all the proof that 9-11 was an inside job, and that'd be terrible. Yeah, exactly. All right, so before anyone gets too excited thinking that this was actually a uh, direct energy weapon, so I'm fairly convinced that it's just, uh, you know, we overthink things, I, especially the conspiracy people. And listen, I'm open to the idea that Jews have laser machines, but... Absolutely I, true. Yeah. I'd just like in on the fraud, if that's, you know what I mean? Like, sure. if we've got fucking laser machines, I want to know about it. I want to know what color I got to be. Uh, but well, you're already Jewish, so she, you should have <laughs> at least one. They should give you one. Exactly. All right, so this was from the Wall Street Journal. Before Maui fire, alarm sounded over grass th- threat. So an investigation of the fire's origin is still underway. Country and state authorities failed to act on years of reports warning about the dangers of the grasses, according to a review of uh, something report after report over nearly a decade warned Hawaii and Maui County officials that the grass, which are up to 10 times as dense as those commonly found on the mainland, were bound to cause more fires. So I think there's actually just a simple explanation that government does what government does, where they say, hey, we can take care of things, and they just can't. And the cover-up is just that they want people to continue to rely on government, and so they can't let you know, oh, we fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. It also sounds like they just lived on a flammable fucking rock in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> That's kind of, it's like when New Orleans flooded. It's like, yeah, well, you're below sea level, dum-dums. Right. What do you think was going to happen? It's like, how about not level where it's just flammable? Yeah. yeah. How about you uh, cut the grass? Well, you would, also, just- you would also think amidst this, they would do an instant review of how many areas are overwhelmingly flammable, <laughs> and have we checked... San like- Francisco, hey! <laughs> Get it? Because they're flamers? That was okay. That was an okay joke. All right. I understood it. <laughs> 
So hey. Donald Trump had to show up to prison, and it's not too often that you get your own parade to go to prison. <laughs> That's pretty nice. It's pretty great having the entire police department check you into prison. Yeah. Uh, here's another picture of the uh, the motorcade. The uh, they really they all showed up to show their support, and then here was the uh, um, the mug shot. Which I was hoping if Donald Trump was getting a mug shot, they would have to pull the wig off. <laughs> like I, he almost looks like uh, you know outside of uh, cigar stores they get those Indians. <laughs> yeah, the Indian statues. Yeah, doesn't he look like an Indian statue? A little bit. How many guys are disappointed that like it's almost odd that the mug shot's not worse, right? I mean, like, did he get to go in with his makeup crew? Yes. Comment up front. Okay. More tyrannical, smiling and tyrannical. That's a weird combo. That is a weird. It's I like, guess. I guess like a villainous laugh. Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> I just say. Right. I mean, on that note, he gives, He looks like if the Grinch was trying to do Zoolander. Oh. You know what I mean? That's a good one, right, right? there. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. He also looks like he just cried like a bitch. <laughs> Loose pussy jowl. Oh, I can kind of see. I can see a couple lips coming down. I mean, it's kind of getting me hot. I wish you didn't say that. <laughs> oh, yeah, if you flipped it. If you, uh, you flipped yeah. it? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> all right. So amongst, like, you know, this is what was, uh, this was from the Wall Street Journal. So according to jail records, released shortly after you arrived there, Trump's hair was listed as blonde or strawberry. <laughs> or fake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish they just had listed as hair unknown. <laughs> Possibly from a dead horse. <laughs> All right, and then this was while they go his height at six foot three inches and his weight at two hundred fifteen pounds. Bullshit. Yeah, no fucking way, dude. Bullshit. Didn't realize they. Firstly, I didn't realize that they weigh you when you get it. Like yeah, I, didn't I didn't realize know that, that was part of it at all. But this almost makes me think like this thing's really just set up to make him look good. Yeah. Like, why would they lie about his weight to favor him? Yeah, they're like he's built like a marine. It's like no, no, he's not. Yeah. I think just that pussy gel by itself <laughs> is like twenty five pounds. Yeah, you know that uh, Trump's going to be on the news just going, they said it's tremendous how healthy you are, okay? The guy who took the picture said no one's ever looked so good in a picture. <laughs> they couldn't identify my <laughs> hair. My hair is so good, no one even knows what it is. Um, so you had uh, Prigozhin was uh, shot down. And uh, listen, i got to come to this guy's defense because he looks like me in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't quite understand who he is or what he's doing, but I just, I got to come to his, all right, so he was killed on, on board a private jet. Firstly, just to take a step back, like, outside of morality and just looking at the world through a WWF exciting lens. Hell yeah. This is some fun James Bond shit of was the secret agent actually killed in a plane crash or not? Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. is, he, is he now just off the grid? Is he going to show up? I was saying the coolest thing would be if he just actually showed up to the Republican debates. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, straight up, they played some WWF theme yeah. music, and he just marched out onto that debate yeah. stage. And he just comes out with a chair and just hits somebody Yeah, exactly. There. Fuck yeah. Fuck Chris yeah. Christie, and then it just bounces <laughs> back and knocks his him out. Yeah. <laughs> Christie going up the ladder. Actually, that's impossible. <laughs> that would never happen. Yeah, by the way, how reinforced was Chris Christie's stand at that debate? Oh, God. He was leaning on it hard the entire time. I feel bad for that yeah. stand. I don't have too many, like, favors left with God, but I was praying it was going to collapse the entire <laughs> time. Like, like Chris Farley through yeah. a table. I was like, <laughs> 
please, please let that break. Please let that break. <laughs> There's no way they thought to reinforce it. Please, please. <laughs> All right. So uh, he was, was like taken. Shit. He was taken out, which is fascinating because it's just it's fascinating. It's like, is our CIA getting that bold that they took him out? Is it that uh, Putin? You know, actually, that's the world that we live in. That you get on a on a plane and they will just remove you. Uh, so this was from Zero Hedge. Kremlin rejects absolute lie that Putin ordered killing of Rag- of Wagner's Purgosian. Uh Now, obviously, we all saw the supposed march on Putin. Uh, but what's interesting, and I don't have like there's there's things that like I have a full understanding of, and then there's things that like I just kind of get a gut shot, but I haven't been able to thoroughly research. But you've got a pretty major shakeup going on right now with uh, BRICS and uh, a lot of the world talking about you know doing more trade with one another and moving over to uh, gold-backed currencies. Amidst all that, you got this guy who's working for Putin. And, like, if you're in the mob, you got, like, your top earners. Like, this dude's a top earner. He's down in Africa. He's working with all these mines. Now, you just had that uh, revolt in, uh, I want to make sure I pronounce this word correctly. I believe it's Niger. I believe. You want to make sure you get that are one you right? Sure? Did I get it right? I believe I got it right. Wait, you, how many G's are there? I, there's just one, and you want to... Uh, okay, you, right. You would think they'd at least put an A at the end, you know what I mean? Just to uh, <laughs> play it a little bit safer. Yeah, Niger. It, it it's my Niger. It seems like they basically just threw out the French to be like, this gold is going to be going over to Russia and China instead. Guys, I've researched that zero, so that one's kind of coming out of my ass, but I'm just pointing out that amidst us blowing up the uh, Nord Stream pipeline and going Russia blew up the pipeline that they needed, and then us blowing, like, uh, us helping terrorists blow up a bridge between, and then a dam blowing up on territories that uh, Russia had already taken over, and us constantly blaming the Russians. I understand why Putin would take this guy out, but he was also earning money for Putin, working in the other, like, you know what I mean? He was kind of playing his role, so... I have no fucking clue, but just to instantly go, oh, Russia, like, this was, uh, this was, in fact, Russia killing him? Who the fuck knows? Yeah, I mean, the track record of Russia doing things that Russia was told to us that they did is uh, not great. Right. So, uh, he probably killed himself like Epstein. Oh. You know what I mean? Blew up his own plane. He blew up his own plane. Nice. Most likely. And yeah. Hillary Clinton was definitely not involved. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so speaking of uh, bricks, first question is, do you think Modi's outfit is expensive? What the fuck is that, Yeah, like, the rest of the, like, is it awesome coming from a third world country where you get to pretend like that's your native dress and just not care about what you're wearing? Yeah. Or is that, like, extremely expensive clothing in India and it just doesn't make sense is that like a kill he's like metrosexual scottish well i just feel (laughs) like (laughs) no like like he's the brown person they brought in to carry clubs (laughs) (laughs) thanks they didn't laugh so it's good that you did uh well it also doesn't make sense like if you're gonna wear the skirt to get the air on your balls don't wear the pants Right? Yeah, you got to fucking commit. One yeah. or the other. It's one or the other. Either free balling or you're wearing pants. Yeah, I fully understand wearing a skirt. I would love to get into sundresses. Yeah? Yeah, just airing. You got the body for it. <laughs> <laughs> just airing it out all <laughs> the time, <laughs> lightweight. Or like those one-piece female jumpers that are just like real thin material. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would just instantly slit through them and basically Oh, that would be, be disgusting. Naked. You would see all the details of your naked body. <laughs> Uh, all right, so this was Z Putin hail first BRICS expansion in over a decade as Gulf oil powers join. 
I find uh, whether or not people are going to move off the dollar to be the most fascinating story. Uh, and it's also one that is like the hardest to wrap your head around and no one really reports on. Uh, now, what's going on here is you got a lot of countries that have a lot of oil, including Saudi Arabia uh, and uh, Brazil and others who are talking about starting to trade in a gold-backed currency, mm-hmm. which obviously would uh, considerably, uh, if there was a real competitor to the U.S. dollar, uh, that might create a real problem for us as we're able to send a lot of inflation abroad and that the amount of demand for dollars is what allows us to run the deficit that we could. Uh, and it does seem to me that with the sanctions that we placed on Russia, we got a little bit too greedy and that we had these other countries that were forced to use our currency and we won. Like It's almost like what I was saying with Pergosian being a, an earner in the mob. It's like every time people are using U.S. dollars, that means we're making money off of them. Right. So it like almost if it doesn't matter what they're doing, if they're using dollars, that helps us. We're making money because we print more of it. They have to use the dollars. It's worth less. And we just get to steal from people every time they're using dollars. It was winning. We were fucking winning. Everyone's using dollars. And then we got so greedy that we're like, listen, you're not going to be allowed to use our dollars. And then we got mad at them for like basically going to play in another casino. You know what I mean? It's like we were the house, people were in our casino with our chips, and then we kicked them out, and then we got mad that they went and they played in another casino. Uh, What's interesting to me long-term is that this could actually be what almost forces austerity upon us. Like, this might not be, like, it might not be catastrophic where all of a sudden, like, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever had a job where a new boss comes in and you're like, shit, I have to work at this job. (laughs) I don't know if you guys have ever had that in your life where it changes the guard and you're like, all right, the free ride's up. Like sales offices, they just get rid of the bonuses and you're like, I don't want to find a new job, so I guess this job just sucks now. Uh, But there is a possibility of basically the other nations creating a currency that competes with ours, which doesn't mean that ours goes completely away, but it actually forces us not just to engage in uh, reckless spending. And now the other people argue that the dollar's king shit and that uh, Russia and uh, uh, and China will never be able to get along with each other in a way that they'll actually be able to create a currency that competes with ours. It does, however, seem to me with Saudi Arabia and other countries with oil and the built-in redeemability moving away from the dollars, that I, I, to me this seems like it actually is viable and a threat and that we had gotten too greedy but i it's it, it it's hard to get a full read on and i can't say it as an absolute sometimes i forget that you're like way smarter than i am <laughs> I- <laughs> that was fucking brilliant and i was just like oh the guy in the skirt changed his vest from blue to black what an idiot <laughs> right guys the uh the petro dollar yeah uh, all right, I think I had uh, two more stories here that I wanted to cover. And so this was President Biden apparently has, talking about finances, uh, he's reworked his plan for student loans. And in this case, he's done an incredible job because I understand finance and I have no idea what the new plan is. It's like one of like those, you know, you're buying a car and they're like, we're going to give you this discount, but the interest rate goes to here. And we also got to charge you on those tires, but we're going to give you these other tires. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, that's more than the sticker price. Right. You know what I mean? Like you just turn around and you're like, what the fuck just happened? So originally he wanted to get rid of student loan debt. They said that it was uh, against the con. I believe that it got uh, overturned. And so this is President Biden. Higher education should be a ticket to the middle class, not a burden weighing down folks that have been trying to pay their debt for decades. 
One day, on day one, I promised to fix problems in our student loan program that have hurt borrowers. We're keeping that promise. Here's the latest. We've already approved over 16, $116 billion in debt cancellation for 3.4 million Americans. No matter how many lawsuits, challenges, or roadblocks, Republican elected officials or special interests tried putting in our way. How great is that? doesn't matter how many laws we got to break or how many people tell us that this is illegal. We have promised you free shit, and we will get you that free shit so that you vote us back into office. Yep. That includes 804,000 Americans who got relief they deserved after we fixed broken income-driven repayment plans, 662,000 public services workers, 491,000 folks with total and permanent disability. Just to pause for a second, I'd love to see Biden try and read this. Yeah. We get you the money. You know the thing. And 1.3 million borrowers who were cheated by their schools. That includes eight. I just I just changed this, right? It's hard. That includes 804,000 Americans. Blah 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 blah. You guys get the point. But this is at least clever, cause uh, you know I don't even understand who. The, it's like the way that every single month, it's like there's another 145 billion dollars going to the Ukraine. Yeah. And then we like it's like every six months, all of a sudden we need to redebate because we're going off of a fiscal cliff. And then at some point, you just uh, lose track of it, and you're like, I don't I don't even know who's or what money we're spending. It's all just made up shit. Yeah. I, and I mean, the student loan thing drives me fucking nuts. We need to just do me a favor, everyone here, everyone you know, if they're in college or you have kids going to college, say, don't go to fucking college. <laughs> it's such bullshit. So I was, I was dating a girl who was in grad school in Michigan. And, like, you know how you hear the stereotypes of, like, the woke idiots and, like, how insane they are? They're all true. They're all 100% fucking true, dude. I swear to God. We would go to these fucking cocktail parties, and this was, like, it's like a top 10 uh, liberal arts. It was a PhD in, like, English literature that this girl I was dating was so in. So, fancy worthless. Yeah, fa yeah. Absolutely high-end fucking worthless. Right. And, like, you go to these parties, and, like, there's, there's one time this kid who was, like, he was okay, but he was saying, he's like, me and my dad are getting together, and we're going to have a group reading of Das Kapital the other day. I don't day. even you know what the come? fuck that is. That's the fucking Karl Marx Oh, books. okay, okay. And I was like, huh? I was like, these guys, they're, they are all out of their fucking minds. They would actively talk about, like, how we should be, like, murdering Trump supporters <laughs> and shit. Like, I'm not joking. This okay. was This was, like, 2017, I want to say I was there. Right. Like, they're all out of their fucking mind. They're all nervous. And also, by the way, all of them are like, and by the way, I'm on medication because I'm blah, 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 blah. I'm bipolar. I'm blah, 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 blah. But also, I'm the smartest person in the room. I'm like, you don't even have your shit together. Right. It's so, amazing how many younger kids, uh, I guess, are, like, pharmaceutically medicated. It's wild. Yeah. And I'm like, just do drugs like we did. Yeah, like, just smoke weed, pussy. Yeah, at least it's adventurous yeah, when it's right? not legal and you got to go find it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'll be okay with the student loan stuff. Like, here's the compromise I'm willing to make because I have no student loans. I went to a commuter school called Queens College. It was a city school. I didn't have fun there. It was the worst four years of my life. Did not enjoy it. Didn't do well in school. Didn't party. Did it's you just, graduate? Uh, yeah, but two years after I told my parents I did. <laughs> That was the Denver episode. Now we're going to get into the Michigan barn burner. Uh, and before we do that, let's give a shout out to sheathunderwear.com. 
Because if you're making diarrhea all over countless timelines in different states, you want to make sure that you've got sheath underwear. The only underwear tight enough that if you manage to actually shit your pants, like you don't have to worry about it all that much because it can be contained. I didn't shit my pants. Ari Shafir, though, he once told a story, I believe, on the Joe Rogan podcast about shitting his pants by the pool while hanging out with other people, but he was wearing sheath and it got contained. And just because I had heard about that story, I felt better knowing that if I ended up in a situation where I did in fact shit my pants, I was wearing sheath high-quality absorbing underwear that will act like the pens until you can get to the next facility and clean yourself up. Once again, that didn't happen. I did have a lot of close calls, and I felt better because I was wearing sheathunderwear.com. Now, if you're not traveling across 15 different time zones and having stomach issues, you know why you should still wear sheathunderwear.com? Firstly, it's the most comfortable underwear you're ever going to wear. That's number one. Number two, I mean, we're coming to the end of summer, but it is moisture-wicking, and you don't want to be out with sweaty balls, nuts, in the works. You want the sheathunderwear.com with cooling fabric that keeps everything cool, comfortable, and separated. So go to sheathunderwear.com, use promo code RYM, you're going to get yourself 20% off. All right, so this is the uh, the Michigan episode coming at you guys. Uh, uh, just a quick a quick note before we get into it, because I know that uh, Steven, our Wonder Boy non-scientist, is going to listen to this, and he's going to yell at me. Uh, and sometimes you're doing the live pod, and you realize, oh, I thought I had more slides than I do. And then you go on a whole rant about how you uh, have uh, – um, uh, thoughts uh, about Bitcoin where you're like, I'm not 100% on this thing. And then you get long tests from Steven who go, no, you're overlooking all the other protocols that allow you to send Bitcoin to everywhere. So I'm just going to admit up front, I don't understand everything about Bitcoin. And uh, God bless all you people out there who, uh, you know, are doing what you can to peacefully, uh, you know, uh, uh, defund the government. I, I respect the effort. I ain't selling my Bitcoins. I'm holding on to my Bitcoins. But I'm giving you guys a warning before we get into this. That, uh, you know, I did go on a bit of a tangent about it based off of what I read in uh, uh, the, the Fiat Standard. Uh, and I got to track down Safadon at some point because uh, I'd love to actually uh, interview him. Uh, but anyways, that's enough of this introduction. You guys want to listen to this Michigan show. So here it is, live from the Michigan barn. Uh, apparently big news that... India has made it to an area of the moon that no one's ever been to. And what I love about this is who gives a shit, right? It's like they preached us like that old world if we made it to the moon. And now I feel like the Indians are like the same as, uh, and I mean the country, India, is the same as like when you were at your science fair and one kid actually took it seriously. <laughs> and they had like the fancy presentation. You're like, you fucking nerd. Who gives a shit? Who cares? And then also, like, for all that talk of back in the day of, hey, we beat the Russians to the moon and they made a big stink out of that. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I wasn't alive for the first moon landing, but I feel like the better propaganda campaign could have just been, we have food. <laughs> <laughs> like, those socialists went to the moon instead of feeding people, but we have food here because we're not doing centralized government. Uh, no, I'm just amu amused by the fact that, like, you know, this is just a buried Reuters headline that India made it to some area of the moon and, like, literally just no one cares. Uh, all right, this was another headline that caught my... What was that? It's much cheaper to fake going to the moon than actually going to Right. Well, what weirds me out the most about the moon is that, like, technology is supposed to get way better. And they say that, like, at that time, IBM computers, like, took up entire rooms, right? Like, so how the fuck can we not go to the moon regularly now... If we were doing it 30 years ago. Yeah. Uh, polling the audience. How many guys think the moon landing's fake? All right. How many guys think the moon is real? <laughs> no, that's, 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 that's getting into Sam Tripoli's uh, territory right there. 
By the way, my the podcast is looser than stand up, so you guys uh, feel free to you know pipe in. It's all good. Uh, all right. So the next story that kind of blew my mind was that China bans seafood from Japan, and if China's banning something, that's when you got to be alarmed, right? When China's like, oh shit, that seems unhealthy. <laughs> all right. So China j- bans seafood from Japan after the Fukushima nuclear plant begins its wastewater release. Um, how do you guys feel about, like, because, like, this, you know, there's certain things we'll never know about. Like those Canadian wildfires that smelt like plastic and they told us we're safe. You know what I mean? After you tell me for a whole year, they what was that? That's what it seemed like. Ar- arson? Yeah, you, you think it was, uh, who do you think was lighting the plastic trees on fire? Eco. Oh, they've now. <laughs> I have. Uh, I have no uh, affiliation with the Jews with the space lasers. I want to make that very clear. As I'm in, as I'm in the home of the KKK, I would like to make it clear. Uh, <laughs> that make wait a single. I don't get it. No, lay it on. I'm I'm asking. Just give me the theory. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This is this is like my comedy act again. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, that's one of those things that concerns me because I can't imagine that just dumping nuclear materials into the ocean is a good idea. But it's also not something we'll ever hear about. You know what I mean? Like, you might be. What was that? Uh, send it to China. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're they're short and weird looking, anyways. <laughs> All right, so this was another one that just blew my mind. This was uh, Kellogg's is going to war over Mexico's nutrition labels. Rules a similar fight is coming to the U.S., which also like when even Mexico's going, your shit's too unhealthy for us. Like, how bad is your food that even in Mexico they're like, we can't feed this to people who are running out of our country to try and get off of like. You know what I mean? Like, how poisonous is this shit? And then what uh, – I guess what kind of really intrigued me about this article is just uh, – I mean, I wonder because I live my life now with a bad stomach, just, like, how much of our food has just become, like, poison. You know? Like, I wonder – you think so? Like, if you go back to, like, the 1950s and you were eating straight-up McDonald's, I'm talking, like, a burger and a milkshake. Was that, like, real food at that time that – because, I, like, I feel like it could just – it was still shitty? Oh, already. Th- right. Right. Because it seems like, like I mean, I, I wasn't alive for old school America, and I spend too much time on Twitter. But it seems like I even talked to like, older people. Like, they used to just eat in diner. Like, food that now, like, if I eat pancakes for breakfast, I'm dead for the day. That's it. It's a good day, though. You know what I mean? If you ruin your day with some pancakes, jerking off and going back to bed, you won. Like... The reason you're going back to sleep is because you won the day and there's nothing else to do. Like, you've already accomplished it all. But it does seem like all like there's like there's an American genre of unhealthy food that it seems like back in the day you could be eating a hamburger, you could be eating fries, and it wasn't just poison. And that just over time we switched all the ingredients, uh, which I think actually I read this in a uh, um, – I don't know if you guys read uh, – I, I can't pronounce the name correctly. Safadon Amos. Amos. He wrote the bit – the. 
I like how you hopped in like, I know this. And then, and then middle of the name, you're like, I don't either. It's a, it's a tough name. <laughs> uh, I'm okay with that. Uh, <laughs> he, wrote, uh, he wrote the Bitcoin Standard. Any of you guys read that book? It's, uh, if you haven't read it, it's the single best book on Bitcoin. And also, as a person, I'll be honest, I could not read or understand um, uh, Mises' big book, the name of which I can't even remember right now, Human Action. Have any of you guys read Human Action? Yeah, you have? God bless. Not one word of it made sense to me. <laughs> not one word. Also, I don't even really, uh, this is going to be uh, fighting words if I end up putting this out. I don't really even necessarily agree with, no, maybe I do with praxeology. It doesn't matter. He and I. Uh, <laughs> what was that? That I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, I believe in socialism. Just in case I didn't make that, you know, this is. Uh, I found a lucrative career pretending to be a libertarian political commentator, and so really, I just pretend like I'm not a socialist for all the money that's in playing barns. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is. I, I told you, I'm. We're 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 one porch store away from me moving in, man. Yeah. Shout out to Jesse. Fuck yeah. Um, and is your bread for sale online yet? Okay, you let me know, and we'll plug it on. Uh, run your mouth. Let the people know where they can get non-poisonous food. But in the meantime, follow Michigan's Bounty because if you're ever out in the area, you can find out where. Uh, where they're doing live farmer markets, and can eat the good sourdough bread. Um, all right, back to Savadana Moose. So in his first book, great book, and he really breaks down uh, time preference in a way that I thought was beautiful, because like it really, there's a uh, spirituality to capitalism that I think people don't understand, and the like one of the things it, it works in two ways. One is if people who are great at allocating capital accumulate more capital, they're able to get us more shit that we're going to need in the future. So, like, you know, I, I, I don't know. if ma Imagine actually next year we're going to be short on food. Like, that's the situation. We're going to be short on food. Jesse's smart enough to realize, hey, I think the world's going to be short on food next year, and he starts freezing bread. And then next year he's right, and all of a sudden there's a bunch of people who are starving, and he's got a bunch of bread for you. He's going to make a shit ton of money. But you know what's great about that? He's good at predicting the future, and he's going to have all that money to possibly solve a future problem. And that's, the that's, that's one of the beauties of capitalism is that people who are good at allocating capital accumulate more capital, and then we benefit as consumers because people who are best at allocating resources have the resources. That's the opposite of the government model where by force they allocate the resources, and that's why everything kind of gets messed up. But the other part of it that becomes very beautiful is that um, you – like the foundation of society can be rooted in savings because if government's not robbing you of your money, you're incentivized to hold on to your money. And you get a perfect balance of like the interest rates of how many other people are saving their money and how incentivized are you to save your money and then accumulate capital. What that all leads to is a society that rewards good behavior and also rewards uh, people making less compulsive decisions, which even if like you just take God out of the world, it's like in the marketplace – People with, uh, like, when you reward non-compulsive behavior, like, if there's one indicator of success, it's your ability to delay gratification, which is not something that I'm great at. I'm just being honest. That's not something I'm great at. But all of a sudden, if you actually have honest markets and rewards positive behavior, which means delaying gratification and being less compulsive, you'll see more of it, um, which, is the, which is, to me, the beauty of pure capitalism. So back to uh, his second book, which was the... Uh, the fiat standard, which to be honest, I read that book and I was like, 
Bitcoin sucks. <laughs> and I'm not selling my current Bitcoin. Oh, we're going down some tangents here. But uh, what made me concerned in reading that second book about Bitcoin is that he decide he basically, in my opinion, states that the future of Bitcoin is essentially as a base layer. Um, because it doesn't really have the, it's not really like a technological development the way like the internet came around and the internet like displaced all sorts of companies. Like you don't go to Blockbuster anymore. There's Netflix, right? Or I don't even listen to the radio anymore because I listen to music off of YouTube. Like they just made a lot of things more convenient. Now us as libertarians, we love the idea that we could potentially defund the government because everyone could just vote to keep their money in Bitcoin instead of the U.S. dollar. And there's a fixed amount of it so they can't rob us through inflation. It's a, be it's a beautiful idea. The problem is it doesn't actually, and, and once again, this is just based off my understanding, it doesn't have like speedy transaction speeds, which means it's a technological thing. It's not, it, it's not, it, it doesn't have an infrastructure to like replace all current payment protocols. So at best, what you might have is that like banks decide that they're going to hold some of their wealth in Bitcoin. But once you get there, I don't understand why you want Bitcoin over gold. And so then they argue, well, the Bitcoin is cheaper to move around, but in a marketplace with Bitcoin, where like if more people are transacting it, it also becomes like the algorithm is it also becomes more expensive. So it's not like Bitcoin, like it's not like Bitcoin transactions are free. So I don't understand the value of it at that point. Once it becomes a base layer that you would prefer to gold, which has more historical utility and clearly is being bought up by central banks. But that's, listen, I'm not absolute on that. I still, I was putting 5% of my income into Bitcoin for a while. I'm not selling my Bitcoin like, I still think that there's a possibility for it, but, you know, it, it was odd to me having read his first book and being really excited about it and then reading the second one and being like, I don't know, this just sounds like it's not, it, uh, it just doesn't sound all that practical or useful, particularly because human behavior likes what's free and immediate. And so if you've created a product that has to convince people, hey, you're better off paying fees now, the world doesn't operate that way. Like, we all have free apps on our phone that we know they're taking our data, but them taking my data is not an immediate problem, right? So I would think if you're developing technology, you kind of have to be aware of human behavior, which is I want benefits now, and you got to kind of create those incentive structures. So if you're creating an incentive structure that already expects people to be disciplined and forward-looking, it seems like a somewhat losing model. That was a bit of a tangent. Anyways, uh, back to this, uh, what the, the Kellogg's point. So Kellogg's is going to war over Mexico's nutrition labels. A similar fight is coming to the U.S. So this is what just scared me so much about companies. So one is they fought with the Mexican government for this chemical called loose to not be considered an artificial sweetener because that's what they're using to, I guess, stay under the sugar thresholds. But this was the really creepy one. And this just kind of like showcases like the extent by which I think they will like their business model is poisoning people. And I say this as a guy who loves sugary cereal. Like I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to stop eating Frosted Flakes, but Kellogg's isn't the only company throwing everything they have at fighting Mexico's policy and finding loopholes to exploit. Companies like Coca-Cola and Kraft Heinz have begun designing their products that their packages don't have a true front or back, but rather new, two nearly identical labels, except for the fact that only one side has the required warning. As a result, supermarket clerks often place the products with the warning facing inward, effectively hiding it. So in other words, I guess the law was you had to put a label on the front that there was an overwhelming amount of sugar, so they figured out how to create boxes that don't have a front to them. <laughs> like, you almost have to give credit to the lawyers who are like, we just have to, they're like, we just have to technically put this on a box, but no one said what the box has to be shaped like or where the label's got to be. You almost got to give them credit. All right, and then just talking about uh, poisoning us, 
I, I just thought this. I love it when uh, dumb fucking liberals just get shit wrong. And so this was from the New York Post. I didn't validate it. I don't know to what extent it's true, but paper straws contain toxic forever chemicals. Chemicals could be worse than plastic study. Um, firstly, like, dude, it is so fucking annoying that they took away plastic bags. I don't know. Did they have that up here? In supermarkets, by us, they won't give you plastic bags. And now... You guys have so much plastic. So here's what ends up happening because at first, uh, you know, I'm cheap, so you go with the cardboard bags, but then they just break every single time, and then you get shit all over the hallway in your building, and you have to pretend like it was someone else's because you don't want everyone else to know what you bought, right? That's the way that works. <laughs> You're like, yeah, exactly. You're like, that's someone else's hemorrhoids cream. I don't know. I don't know who's been eating food in that apartment. Uh, no, the, the cardboard bot, like, they just don't work. It's like Jenga with your groceries of when is this going to collapse. And it used to be with the old plastic bags, I reused those a thousand times. Like, sometimes I didn't even buy garbage bags. Now, because I'm a compulsive idiot, I spend a dollar every time at the grocery on, like, the really sturdy ones, and then I throw that out in protest. <laughs> what I really like to do is get other uh, plastic enthusiasts to maybe buy the sturdier ones and then do, like, an annual bonfire outside of the supermarket or something. I don't know. I don't know that that would be effective. Um, but... They got rid of the plastic straws because that one, uh, what was it? Was that a turtle in the ocean? Yeah, the turtle. What was that? Mitch McConnell. Yeah, he went out for a swim and ended up with, uh, that's what happens. You go for the elite. Yeah, that's that was Mitch's uh, spirit animal. You can kill the dolphins, but don't you fuck with the turtles. <laughs> uh, but this one's funny to me because, I mean, it's according to the uh, New York Post, uh, substances known as forever chemicals because they last for a long time before breaking down. And these straws means that the new research comes with following multiple initiatives of force by numerous U.S. cities, including New York and restaurant chains, to ban disposable plastic suckers comprised of pro whatever. Oh, yeah, liver problems. I just love it when fucking dumbass liberals get shit wrong. They were so obsessed with getting rid of straws, which was just annoying. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's just, it's, I love it when they just, you know, they don't do their homework. All right. This was a great spin. Ted Cruz is going after Bud Light. And, uh, when it comes to alcohol sales, I guess you have to engage in marketing practices that you're actually targeting adults. And so TikTok, I guess is so overwhelmingly teenage or younger based. Ted Cruz is now going after Budweiser for marketing to kids over the, uh, What's that guy's name? Dylan Mulvaney? Over the Dylan Mulvaney thing. That's such a great angle. Dude, I mean, fucking, like, Ted Cruz sucks until, like, he's a brilliant lawyer and he's doing shit that you actually like, and you're like, fucking get him, Ted Cruz. That's awesome. Dylan Mulvaney had a teenage kid base, and then Budweiser, by marketing through him, was targeting kids for alcohol sales. I love it. I, I hope that goes all the way to the top. Uh, all right. A couple more thoughts. Uh, first was... Implants convert brain signals into text and speech. So they made it like a little bit of a breakthrough, I guess, in terms of uh, being able to, uh, well, the big thing is with like the microchips in brains is, I guess, helping people who currently, like if you lost use of your limbs, so possibly having like robotic like arms and legs and shit that you can control with your brain, or in this case, if uh, you've lost your ability to speak, uh, like a computer being able to essentially read your thoughts and, and talk them out. So there was an instance, uh, I remember just reading the headlines, but like they were able to like read brainwaves enough to like recreate Pink Floyd songs in a bunch of people. And then this one was even more advanced that they were able to, I think, create text from a lady's thoughts. Now, what's really creepy about that to me is like if you can already read brainwaves, 
how far are you from just being able to read people's minds? Because if you start correlating that with like, you know, uh, facial recognition technology, and then you can start syncing like external features to brain waves, like just how far away are you from that? Doesn't that creep the fuck out of you? And then I guess what also just becomes scary with like shits like chips in your brains, because I, I wouldn't do it because you're like, I don't know, once you're in my brain, you can fu- like you can fuck with me. You know what I mean? If you want to, like, I don't know what waves you're going to do to, you know, make me more or less compulsive, like God, hate God. Like, I don't know what you might do in my brain. I don't want any fucking chips in my brain. But then it gets tough when it's like if everyone else is on steroids where it's like people only need to sleep like two hours a night or like they're pulling like matrixy shit and they're just downloading their information to their brain. And then we're like the Amish fucks just hanging out in sheds like this. (laughs) Everyone, yeah. Everyone, everyone else. Everyone else is just rich as shit. What do you guys think? If uh, Elon Musk starts rolling out brain chips that uh, give you some superhuman powers, you're going, you guys, you guys are going Amish? Hell yeah, we're going to grow out our bushes. I like it. All right, this was uh, another New York Post article. Trump to headline 100000 per plate, uh, Bedminster fundraiser for Rudy Giuliani's legal defense. And what the fuck? Aren't these guys rich? Like... What, what are, are they just such fucking grifters that they won't spend their own money? Or are they actually just fucking losers that they don't even have enough to pay for their legal funds? I guess the, uh, the part that bothers me the most is that, like, you guys are the people in power. And so if the government comes after people, it's nearly impossible, or it seems nearly impossible for most people to afford a lawsuit against the government. So if you as like the most successful people in government need us fundraise for your own legal defense. How do you not get into office and go, we have to change this system because this clearly isn't fair. If I'm the most power, one of the most powerful people in the world, and I need to be able to get the president to show up to help me raise money so that I can fight the government against me. Then that showcases the fact that nobody that it's an unfair system. The government can pick on anyone at any point in time, and you're not going to be able to afford to defend yourself. That is a non-working system. Well, yes, of course. Yeah. No, of course. I I mean, that's them wielding power. There was a fascinating book. I don't know if any guys ever read it uh, by Charles Murray, I believe. I I forgot which, which book it was, but he was talking about essentially, like, common citizens this like you know not quite a tax but all all of us paying into like a legal fund so that it would become a lot more expensive uh to basically crowdfund like legal cases which we've seen more of it it's like what happened with the rittenhouse shit and they do try and shut it down which becomes creepy because yeah Jan- yeah yeah uh you know it's funny i didn't see that like i didn't see any of that come across my radar and I can say it now because I'm in front of a live crowd. I would have donated. <laughs> but it's easy to say that until you're at home. Uh, all right. A couple more. So uh, talking to making money. I saw this New York Post article that New York City tourists seeking authentic experience take late night rat tours. And I read this. I was like, anyone who's broke in life, you're just not thinking. You know what I mean? <laughs> if someone figured out how to fucking market showing people rats in New York City... There's, su- there's a market for everything, okay? And by the way, if you really want to make money, what you got to do is somehow harness the power of the slut because they're apparently the guy who uh, started OnlyFans apparently pays himself $1.3 million a day. That's how much fucking money is apparently in OnlyFans. That's not talking about his equity in the business. That's He pays himself a daily dividend of $1.3 million. 
How crazy is that? Also, even like the world of, because I think uh, from what I read, OnlyFans, I think it's like an 80-20 split. It's crazy like the new world of uh, like media because it's like if you're OnlyFans, you're not doing any of the production. You know what I mean? Like back in the day, if I guess if you were a porn company, you'd have to pay for the production. Like now it's like YouTube. I put all my content on YouTube for free and they get to just decide whether or not it gets to sit there or not, what gets promoted, what doesn't. But it's like they never have to pay for any of the content and then they make all of the money off of it. Like think about an old school television network. If you're HBO, you got to pay to make the shit. YouTube, though, it's just everyone just goes there and then they get all the marketing dollars. But I don't know. That's that just seems staggering that there's that many people posting content on OnlyFans and that there's that many losers who will pay for pictures of pussies. It's like porn is free. I don't get it. I've watched. What was that? Down with the simps. Down with the simps. Uh, all right. I think that was all the news stories that I wanted to highlight. Um, all right. And now. We've got one final live podcast coming at you. It's Act 3 of the uh, long weekend in multiple different time zones making diarrhea. Uh, So this one is from Salt Lake City. And, uh, yeah, we definitely did a debate recap, which might already be a little bit dated. But there was a bunch of soaking talk, which was fascinating. And I also, I think I'm going to cut a couple clips from the stand-up. For the live podcast, I didn't have the audience mic on, so you guys might not know all of the dirty details that these uh, Mormons were telling us about their soaking practices. Uh, but it's still fascinating, at least to me. You get to tour the country, meet people living very different lifestyles than you, and uh, having very different sexual practices from what you even knew was possible. And as long as we're on the topic of sexual practices, why not lead into our last sponsor, PremierPharma.com? Because if you're out there and you're running a pharmacy or an independent medical practice and you actually care about the costs of what your patients have to pay for medications, quit letting them be fleeced by the services like CVS, your Walgreens, and your big pharmaceutical conglomerates. There's a better way with PremierPharma.com getting them generic medications for significantly less because they ain't pulling all sorts of coupon scams where they're pretending like someone's making getting paying less money and then they send themselves a coupon in the mail and all of a sudden the rebate for the medication goes to some big-time CEO. Nah, there's a better way. PremierPharma.com. If you got a little independent pharmacy and you want to be able to get some generic medications to your uh, customers for less money, then you got to check out PremierPharma.com. All right, so here's the uh, last live podcast. This is the one from, uh, uh, it wasn't quite Salt Lake City. It was Ogden. And uh, here. What is up, everyone? You guys ready for a live Salt Lake City podcast? There you go. You guys have been patient, and uh, I'm lucky for everyone, we are going to be doing a live docking demonstration tonight. <laughs> I learned quite a bit about your uh, sexuality living out here in these parts under these beautiful mountains, and so by the end of tonight, we will have that man's guy, uh, foreskin with that guy's dick inside of it, and then we'll be... Your, your cat, you were like, I want nothing to do with this. I just don't wear a condom and let it rip traditionally, in the traditional style. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, we will uh, be exploring later in the episode uh, Mormon sexual habits, which include putting your wiener into a lady and not actually having sex with her. Uh, if you have a really long wiener, can you jerk off like the base of it while the tip's inside? <laughs> Is that okay? I don't know. I'm asking. That might be that might have been John Smith's way of trying to like genetically mutate you guys for longer penises because you could have unmaritable. What's it? Premarital sex, I guess, would be the term. I like that I'm making fun of you guys because I grew up very Jewish and it was just as weird. So 
We didn't really have any docking policy, but wait, what? It's not docking. It was soaking. Soaking. Yeah. Yeah. What happens if she's dry? What do you guys call it then? <laughs> <laughs> and like, and what's what's the rule like? Because how is it treated before you actually dock? Because at some point there's got to be motion for insertion, right? So what it what did that what is that considered? Or is it not considered sex until? Why are you Why are you spitting at me, sir? <laughs> is that part of the process? It's called. Uh, it, it, she got a dry pussy. <laughs> oh, you spit in it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is the grossest way to handle that situation, yeah. but <laughs> I guess God bless if that works for you. Where a lady could be like, "Hey, I'm not into it," and you're like, "Don't worry, I'll lo- I'll loogie inside your pusshole." Just just hold open your legs. I got a nice warm loogie. And once this lands in there, then you'll be ready to go, toots. <laughs> hey, listen, you guys started it with the filthy shit. I came in here trying to do a wholesome comedy show, and you guys started talking to me about soaking. All right, so last question before I get into the news topics that I wanted to cover. When it comes to the soaking, I want an answer here. The insertion process of getting y- your yourself inside of a lady, how is that allowed? That's sex. Right, that's what I'm saying. That's what you I thought. You have to go really slow. So <laughs> as long as walking so dogs, don't no, even know you for can sure get in. in. You it's can. So slow that you're not sure when the point of it happens. You can put it in, but yeah. the motion is a sin. No, but once you break the threshold, that's the sin. Yeah. Not Mormons. Not with Mormons. Because there was motion to get you inside. Yeah. Jesus doesn't look at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess uh, I guess soaking is debunked. I'm sorry. My my midget business, what was that called again? Jumper. What was that? <laughs> Humper jumpers. Humper jumpers. Yeah, it will be a failed gesture. All right. Uh, before we get into some news topics, uh, I do uh, like to start the travel shows with uh, travel gripes because I do travel quite a bit. Uh, and the first just thought that I had today was, have you guys ever like come across, I mean, you've, of course you've come across it, but today I saw a sad tweet from someone that was, uh, basically I'm having a problem with my child. Pray for me. I'm sure you guys have all seen that in your life, right? We've all, at some point in your life, you've all experienced that. Okay. I'm not a big necessarily religion and prayer guy, but that kind of caught me. And I was like, all right, I guess it'd be rude of me not to like pray kind of, but I was like, what does that do? And then I started being like, how do you even do that? And I was like, all right, I guess I'll just say a nice thought. And so I started doing the nice thought, which is like, God, if you're out there. And then I had a really evil thought in my head, which was like, I don't know if I got a favor with God. I'm not sure I want to blow it on this kid. <laughs> like, which just had me kind of thinking about prayer and how it works. Like, do you get like a limited amount of favors with God that if you just ask him to throw you a bone, he throws you a bone? Is it that like a numbers game? If enough people reach out for something, God goes, oh, I guess people actually like this kid. I'm genuinely asking, what, 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 what's the uh, theology out here on prayer and why it would work? You guys ever have these thoughts? I just picks and chooses. He just picks and so then there's no point to the prayer anyways. Well, there might be. Man, you guys keep everything very loose-ended. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, like you I can grew insert. Up with no Mormon family. Right. The only time I ever pray is if I fucked up that bad that I gotta hope on some stupid shit. Right. Right. When there's nothing left. <laughs> it's rock fucking bottom. Right. And you're like, I guess God's that's left. That's the only no thing. Yeah. I'm not trying to shit on prayer. I'm I'm just throwing out the conceptuals. Um. 
All right. I had uh, two victories this week against uh, big tech companies, which is very rare. So the first one is I, I use this uh, company called Eventbrite for uh, ticketing purposes, and they pulled this fucking weasel-ass move on me where they told me that uh, on all the funds for, like, the last 10 porch tours, they hadn't paid me out, and they said in order to collect the funds, I had to give them new financial information. So I was like, all right, I don't know. You guys have been paying me on my gigs for three years. I don't know why you need new financial information. So I go to click on the new financial information that they need, and before they'll even tell me what's missing, they make me agree to their new terms of service. And I'm like, well, that's bullshit. Like, why? You know, I already I already scheduled and did these gigs. I'm not agreeing to new terms of service. And then I was just kind of curious. I was like, what kind of bullshit's in these terms of services? And I went, and it included that they can uh, deplatform you uh, for basically anything in the category of misinformation, which is pretty broad, and we all know where that's going. We all know what that is, right? So then I was curious if that existed in the original terms of service because, honestly, the first time I read the terms of service, I wasn't on Kratom, and I wasn't being feisty about it. <laughs> it was kind of like a Coke evening where I was just like, no, I've got energy now, and I'm focused, and I'm not going to click on your fucking terms of agreement. So I started harassing their lawyers of, can you please send me my original terms of service, and why are you withholding my funds? And they never got back to me, but they just quietly released all my funds. So I do feel like that's a victory because they just realized that they were fucking with me. Yeah, yeah. All right, here was my other uh, YouTube I noticed. Well, by the way, I'm done with YouTube, and I uh, I advise everyone, start consuming your content on other platforms because fuck them. Like, why are we – we need a Bud Light moment for YouTube. We need to all collectively not – like, and I'm on the YouTube platform too. If you're not on YouTube, like – and it, it sucks because sometimes, like, you go to people's – like, my website's a mess. You can't watch my content on my website. Or sometimes I even try and check out, like, Fox News content on Fox News, and it doesn't work as well. And it's like, you guys are Fox News. Why can't you get fucking things to stream? It's your – it, like, almost doesn't make sense. But uh, I got a strike this past week. I stopped posting – content to one of my YouTube channels because I got all my comedy stuff there and I was like I don't want to permanently lose this page I'm like I got 10 years of like clips on here I don't want to lose this so I was like I'm not posting here anymore I noticed that every time I got over a certain threshold of like new subscribers they would just give me a strike and it was arbitrary they were cooling the channel so I stopped posting new stuff there the last time I got a strike I just got a strike on that channel this past week from content from four months ago I was like, well, that's that's great. Like, how are you from four months ago? So they always pull the same thing, and it's dystopian, where they go, we feel like this episode violated our content policy. And so I respond the exact same way every single time, and I go, uh, this episode is a full hour long. I would like to be a better contributor to the YouTube environment. Can you please tell me what violated the policy? And, of course, they never respond because they don't want to actually tell you like, they don't want to formally say that something was right or wrong because then I guess they can might be able to get in trouble or they have to actually prove their stance. So it's a lot easier just to be open-ended and go, this might have. And then they go after careful consideration. You're like, well, if it was careful, can't you just tell me what the fuck I violated? So in this case, I responded. I told them, uh, I was like, you know, this was from six months ago. If you're telling me, con like, I got no way to police old content. I'm going to have to take everything off the platform. And then... I deleted all the content off the platform. I don't know why they restored it, which is odd because I like I don't even get that many views. But uh, I will be I, I have to make new arrangements for my shit because I'm I think I want to like I just don't want to be in the world of like considering what is and is not acceptable and like playing the censorship game. So I'm personally uh, looking to withdraw myself and I recommend any where, where do you guys like do you guys ever fuck around with like your odysseys, your rumbles or anything else or yeah, what, what do you what do you like? Right. 
Right. Yeah, I feel like that's the new thing is almost uh, like that almost creates its own algorithm that people of like your social group can just recommend shit to you, which is actually way more interesting. Telegram's fucking wild. For a little while, I was following pages on Telegram and like it was just like if you took the nuttiest shit that exists on the conspiracy side on. Oh, are we about to have like a sandstorm or some shit out here? What's it? Oh, okay. Dude, I, I say that because when I was in uh, the desert of New Mexico, I literally had to deal with the sandstorm, so still a little bit traumatized. All right, let's get into uh, a couple of the news topics. The first one I wanted to get into is, uh, so Donald Trump, uh, did you guys see when he, uh, did you guys see his uh, mugshot today? Yeah. Didn't he look surprisingly good? You know what I mean? I would have thought if you actually got Donald Trump without his fucking freshly pasted on hair and you took an up close picture he was going to look really really bad he looked surprisingly good and then also when they booked him they said that he only weighed like 220 pounds i was like they're like they're just trying to make him look good is that's what's going on and then do you guys see that fucking motorcade it is hilarious to get uh, a police a thousand police escorts to bring you to prison <laughs> it was like probably uh, like a million dollars worth of police accompaniment to make sure that he safely got to prison to take a picture all right so uh one of the things that i find to be uh most infuriating or clearly showcasing the fact that we no longer live in a free society is that one of the terms of uh donald trump's uh bail requirement and i'll read this this is uh from the ap if i can even read it from here uh the former president is banned from intimidating co-defendants, witnesses, or victims in the case, including on social media. So, I mean, that's some fucking liberal bitch shit where obviously anything he posts, they're going to say, oh, this is intimidation. Look at the way he posted about winning his election and people stormed a building. So that's, some, that's just a very loose thing that the court is basically saying that Donald Trump is not allowed to talk about his case on social media. According to the bond agreement signed by the Fulton County District Attorney, Fannie Willis, uh, Trump's defense attorney and, ju uh, and the judge, it explicitly includes posts on social media or reposts of posts made by others. So that's pretty incredible. He has to go to court and he has to campaign. And while he's campaigning, he's not allowed to talk about the court case, which is trying to declare him a criminal. I mean, isn't that like that's that's incredible. Like the entire point of campaigning is you're trying to sell yourself. And so now there can be a court case calling you a criminal and you're still not allowed to campaign on the basis that you're not a criminal. Uh, in this case, I'm going to guess that his spin is just going to be I have so many good points, they won't even let me say them. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He's going to be like, that's how dangerous. I, they, all, they know I'm so innocent, I can't even say a thing about it. All right, now here's uh, one of the other just creepy pivots. Was So they have the Mar-a-Lago IT director flipped on Trump after dropping Trump, uh, Trump link lawyer special counsel says... Uh, and so it appears to me, remember how they were talking about that Donald Trump has these dangerous documents in his house and he wasn't allowed to retain the documents. And that was originally what it was about. And then they dropped that it was dangerous. And then it just became he had the documents. It seems like they're wrapping up the case on the dangerous documents. And now they're pivoting to that they lied to prosecutors and that Donald Trump uh, lied about uh, making all the documents available. Which means, like, it, it's a funny game that you get to play where you get to prosecute someone for bullshit and then go, you weren't compliant enough in us trying to prosecute you with bullshit. Or, in this case, the guy's in trouble for lying to the prosecutors, which I don't understand. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but I don't understand why lying to prosecutors is a crime. 
I would think you get free speech and, you know, cops are allowed to lie to you. If you ever get interrogated by cops, they're allowed to lie. They're allowed to go, hey, your friend just told me you were guilty to try and get a confession. So I don't understand why it would be a crime to lie to prosecutors. Like, isn't that, I don't know, to you guys, doesn't that sound like that should be protected as free speech? It's your speech. Why can't I lie to a prosecutor? What is so, uh, like, what, like, it, it, not being allowed to lie to a prosecutor also sounds like you have to incriminate yourself because, I don't know, my, I, I guess you're allowed to plead the fifth, so, you know, maybe people just aren't doing a good enough job of pleading the fifth. But I don't understand why if you forgo your right to plead the fifth and you're in conversation with the prosecutor and you try and lie, you're can be then found guilty for lying, especially if it turns out that there wasn't even an underlying crime. Does that make sense? Yeah, one guy said yes. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, so I was looking at Ron DeSantis, who has lost a bunch of weight, and sometimes when I see other people get, like, sk- he's not even, like, skinny. He's, like, kind of built, but then there's a part of, like, I look at him, he looks like a bitch. I'm like, I want to be fatter, you know? Do you guys remember, like, when he was, like, chunky, he had, like, construction builder build, like, I think, like, I'm sure, like, without clothes on, he's probably, like, more cut now. Like, I'm sure he's, like, a better lay. But in terms of, like, wearing a suit, don't you guys think he looked better when he was a little heavier? Yeah, you agree, right? I look at him, I was like, dude, being heavy fucking rules. Like, there's not enough people in our culture talking about having a little bit of chunk. I want to make, maybe I'll make that my thing is, you know, just be a little chunky. It looks better with your clothes on. And how often are you actually naked in front of new women? It, wait, wait, what is that? How often does that happen? If you, especially if you're married, you know? I guess maybe he's like, you don't want to end up with those, like, Biden beach photos. <laughs> like, uh, but, all right, so this was pre-debate, Ron DeSantis. And then let's take a look at some of, uh, you had Donald Trump, who uh, sat down with Tucker Carlson. How many guys, you guys watch that? Yeah, I thought, I thought it was kind of boring. You guys think it was kind of boring? I miss Donald Trump when he was, like, fucking aggressive. Like, firstly, it's lame as shit that he just sat out, like, the fight. I didn't think that that was uh, particularly cool or interesting. He seems a little bit more, uh, like, tired. Like, all of this shit's actually getting to him. Where he's just, like, I don't know. He doesn't seem to have his uh, his humor or his uh, winning juice. Um, but, with that said... Doesn't he seem like to be a little bit more on top of things? Like, even though he was less exciting or entertaining, he didn't come off like as much of a dumbass. I don't know. Did you guys pick up on that? Yeah, I guess careful. Yeah, you know what? He's got so many court cases right now. He learned he can't just say shit. And that and that's his kryptonite. It's like they've actually somewhat beat Trump that he now realized, oh, I can't just say whatever the fuck I want. And Trump having to self-censor and be careful makes him not fun. That's interesting. It's like, yeah, in a way, they almost uh, they almost kind of are winning. So there are only a couple moments I wanted to highlight that I just thought um, were uh, were kind of bad moments for him. Was One was uh, at one point he was talking about who wants high interest rates, which is such Donald Trump stupidity. Where he's just like, we could we could always have low interest rates and everything would be good. When I was in power, stock market was so high. It's like, yeah, it was fucking inflation, buddy. Of course, everyone can try and spend money and have low interest rates. The point is the price tag's coming due. Like, his actual economic policy is that if we just went back to the low interest rate environment, it would all, like, the economy was great. It's like, yeah, you were lucky that you were still just getting away with the low interest rates. Uh, the other thing is he was taking pride in the fact that he had fired Comey, where it's like, dude, I want—I don't want to hear about that you managed to fire people because he didn't fire Fauci. You're as responsible for the COVID thing as anyone. 
So, like, and I think that one's actually going to come back to bite him in the ass because if you saw, it's like the only talking point that DeSantis uh, somewhat had, and that was the only good moment that he had in the uh, in the entire debate. All right, so I'm going to highlight a couple uh, of the debate moments. Some of these you guys might have already seen. Um, so the first one is we've got Mike Pence here. By the way, do you guys think that's a Mike Pence wig? It just seems a little, like, too perfect, right? You think it, oh, Really? Oh, Oh, so he's got, like, shitty hair and they paint it on? That's interesting. And then uh, you've got uh, Vivek, who I'm realizing basically looks like the donkey from Shrek. I don't know. <laughs> or I was saying he was like, if they did, like, a, like a, um, a modern-day Disney version of uh, Pinocchio, he's, like, he's the new brown Jiminy Cricket. That's, like, his whole fucking like do good moral energy that's just i don't know all right so here i want to play this clip because um it seemed to me how many guys watched the debate or you guys didn't even want okay it seemed to me like essentially everyone showed up with their dumbass prepared rhymes and it didn't matter what the question was they were like all right here's my opportunity for my dumb fucking rhyme uh and the other thing that i noticed was vivek was the only actual human being on the stage where he'll talk like a person, and then these other people, as they want to defend policies such as the Ukraine war, they just have to, like, go back into their, uh, well, as a small country guy who loves God, and what government's is supposed to be is a feeling of, like, it's just the fucking just nonsense, and it's like, I, I don't know, it's almost like if you're, uh, if you're an MMA fan, if you were, like, a, a boxer before they figured out, oh, jujitsu will rock someone's ass off. And so you get people like Pence who have just been in the game too long and they don't realize that these old school tricks just, they're dead. They don't work. All right, so with that said, let's, uh, let's play this clip. Hopefully the sound works, which I think it will. Well, Mike, why don't you say this? Join me yeah. in making a commitment on. that on day one you would pardon Donald Trump. I'm the only candidate on the stage who had the courage to actually say it. That is how we move our nation forward I don't know and turn the page forward. That That's exactly Trump right. Will be convicted of these crimes. You should make be able to make a commitment. The same oh. justice system that was this fact, corrupt. The difference between you and, and me. Yeah, I, I'm not a professional actually, politician. That's I've the difference. Actually, who can answer uh, a question? I've actually given pardons. When I was governor of state of Indiana, it usually follows a finding of guilt and contrition by the individual that's been convicted. So, we'll look, we'll, if I'm president in the United States, we'll give fair consideration any pardon request. But if I may, <laughs> if I may. You see that slick ass lying? I will give fair consideration. That means no. That means you won't commit to the fact that if he's found guilty, you'll let him off. And of course, he won't actually answer the question. It's the classic trick. No, of course, I, 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 it's not that I wouldn't. It's that I don't even have to make that claim yet. I'll give fair consideration. That means no. And now here's where he goes into, like, just classic old-school politician. Let's go. Hey. Well, Mike, why don't you say this? Join me yeah. in making a commitment well that on day one you would pardon Donald Trump. I'm the only candidate on the stage who had the courage to actually say it. That is how we move our nation forward I don't know and turn the page forward. That That's exactly Trump right. Will be convicted of these crimes. You should make be able to make a commitment. The same oh. justice system that was this fact, corrupt. The difference between you and, and me. Yeah, I'm not a professional I've actually, politician. That's I've the difference. Actually, who can answer uh, a question? I've actually given pardons. When I was governor of state of Indiana, it usually follows a finding of uh, guilt I didn't mean to rewind and contrition it, sorry. <laughs> by the individual that's been convicted. So, we'll look, we'll, if I'm president in the United States, we'll give fair consideration any pardon request. But if I may, <laughs> if I may, you know, it's not about looking back at, at January 2021. 
it's about looking forward. It's about January 20th, 2017. I put my left hand on Ronald Reagan's Bible. I raised my right hand. And I took an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. And it ended with a prayer, so help me God. It was a promise that I made to the American people, but I also made it, it made it to my Heavenly Father. Every day for four years, I sought to keep that oath. And everyone on this stage needs to make it clear whether or not they'll do the same if they earn this job and the confidence of the American people. Now look, I've made it clear. I, I had hoped that the issues surrounding the 2020 election isn't the fake intensity like you almost have to give him props for it like he's really saying hey with my commitment to god and the feelings when i touch that bible like you know what i mean if you couldn't look past it like there's people that still fall for the shit which is uh all right here was the next clip hopefully uh we don't take on my projector so we had vivek going up against um nikki haley about the ukraine war governor haley um you did not raise your hand, meaning that you would support more funding for the Ukraine war. You have uh, said of Governor DeSantis that um, you didn't appreciate it when he initially called it a territorial dispute. Why? First of all, the American president needs to have moral clarity. They need to know the difference between right and wrong. They need to know the difference between good and evil. Right. When you look at the situation with Russia and Ukraine, here you have a pro-American country that was invaded by a thug. So when you want to talk about what has been given to Ukraine, less than three and a half percent of our defense budget has been given to Ukraine. If you look at the percentages per GDP, 11 of the European countries have given more than the US. But what's really important is go back to when China and Russia held hands, shook hands before the Olympics and named themselves unlimited partners. A win for Russia is a win for China. We have to know that Ukraine is the first line of defense for us. And the problem that Vivek doesn't understand is he wants wants to hand Ukraine to Russia. He wants to right. let China eat Taiwan. He wants to go and stop funding Israel. You don't False. do that to friends. What you All right, so I'm just going to pause for a second. It seems like they kind of need to exist in a world where some people are all on board with certain topics because like this is one of them. They're not used to having to show up and really defend wars because they kind of are used to that all the politicians are getting funded from the same places since they all have to agree on certain topics. And so on this one, they always have to like, the only way they can sell it is uh, it's the first line of defense. So this is actually a worthwhile investment uh, while completely overlooking, obviously, all the death that is, exists in Ukraine and the immorality of it, uh, and also that it's just highly unpopular with the American public. All right, so let's hear uh, Vivek respond. You Governor Haley, um, you did not oh, raise your hand. it's going to rewind. We don't need you to... would support more funding for the Ukraine war. We don't have to... All right, no more pause on these because it goes back to the beginning. Put in my pockets. Let us be honest as Republicans. I'm the only person on the stage who isn't bought and paid for, so I can say this. The climate change oh, agenda whoa, 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 whoa. is a That's hoax. Ridiculous. The climate is change ridiculous. agenda is a hoax. And we have to declare independence for it. And the reality is the anti-carbon agenda is the wet blanket on our economy. And so the reality is more people are dying of bad climate change policies than they are of actual climate change. Governor, right, Governor look, Haley, are you bought and paid for? Down by hold on, hold on. Listen, listen, listen. No, wait, hold on, hold on. I've had enough. 
I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here. Maury, Maury. The last person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said, what's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama, and I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur standing on stage tonight. Come over and give me a hug. <laughs> give me a hug just same, like you did to Obama. The same type of amateur. And, and you'll help elect me just the, like you did to Obama, too. Yeah. Give me that The same hug, type of amateur. Hey, Brett, hold on, hold on. Hey, Brett, Governor Haley, would you like to... All right. Well, good for Vivek for coming up and basically saying we're going to shut down the climate change stuff. Uh, but also, I don't even know how, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, 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 who's the big fat guy again? I don't even know how he's still in this thing at all. But what a dumb, like, firstly, everyone's just sitting there with their comebacks. I guess they've hired bad comedy writers where he's sitting there. He's been just waiting for his opportunity to say, hey, we've got chat GPT up here. Nobody sticks the landing. I don't know how if you guys watch this, but like they were trying to trade the Donald Trump style insults the entire night. And like they all have these canned lines. Every one of them is just awkward. Uh, there is an element of cheating in these that, like, if you can just say crazy shit, you can kind of take over the entire platform where people are sitting back politely, which uh, Vivek did successfully, but it's also kind of stupid that you're able to cheat by hogging time in that way. Uh, but in this case, I guess, he, you know, he calls, uh, listen, I don't like Obama, but at the end of the day, he was a pretty popular president. I don't think it's fair to call the guy an am like that's a top level politician. I don't agree with it or like anything that he did, but I don't think you can like you can criticize Obama for a lot of things. Being an amateur is not one of them. He, you know what I mean? He's a black belt, triple black belt jujitsu politician. And as far as the American public's concerned, he had a successful eight years as president. We don't like him. We don't like the debt. We don't like the wars. We don't like the droning. But just amateur would not be the criticism of him. If anything, you're actually elevating a guy by comparing him, comparing him to someone who won the presidency and was pretty popular for eight years. All right. I think I. Uh, what was that? Right. Uh, okay, so now this is the last clip I wanted to pe play, which uh, Vivek like really slammed Chris Christie for basically just being there to uh, to criticize Trump, uh, which appears to be his whole campaign. He's got to just have funding to basically just be there and uh, be a loudmouth. We are going to take a brief moment and talk about the elephant not in the room. Christie. <laughs> President Trump has been indicted in four different states on 91 counts. He will be processed tomorrow in Georgia at the Fulton County Jail for charges relating to the 2020 election loss. You all signed a pledge to support the eventual Republican nominee. If former President Trump is convicted in a court of law, would you still support him as your party's choice? Please raise your hand if you would. We're all like, fuck, I gotta raise my hand. Just hold on. So just to be clear, Governor Christie, you were kind of late to the game yeah. there, but no, you raised your hand. That's because he's got no, the fattest hand, you know what I mean? Look, I'm doing this. He couldn't get it up as, as quickly. Look, here's the bottom line. Someone's got to stop normalizing this conduct, okay? Now, and now whether or not 
whether or not we are going right. to take a brief moment and talk about the elephant oh, not in the room yeah i don't know why i can't pause these but i'm just gonna even pause it there because normalizing the conduct cool then let's talk about the conduct of prosecuting people who are running for office if you want to talk about normalizing conduct it's about why is the justice department clearly pursuing someone you know what novel legal theories is it's bullshit that's what a novel legal theory is. It's you literally, by the way, talk about how good you are at bullshitting that you're calling your bullshit novel legal theories. Like, that's some high-level fucking spin right there. All right, I think I had... Oh, no, that was all the clips that I wanted to play. Uh, it seems to me like everyone is clearly out of the race except for Vivek, who's making a little bit some waves, uh, which is interesting because I think if the uh, Democrats had a debate, you would see Kennedy uh, also making a similar approach there, uh, which is because I think, broadly speaking, the American public uh, doesn't like the Ukraine war. I think it's indefensible. And so all of these guys are just kind of stuck uh, in that if you have someone who actually can be on a st stage, and even though we don't agree with these people, but at least there's some topics of truth that if they speak out against, it's not like it's uh, central bank digital currencies, it's ESG scores, it's global warming, it's uh, medical freedom, it's tech censorship, and it's the Ukraine war. Those are six topics that if anyone is on the stage just being honest about because they haven't been censored out of the process, any of the traditional politicians are just stuck going, well, when I put a hand on a Bible and felt the presence of God and feel good nonsense. All right. Uh, I, I was going to interview the, the host, who, God bless, I put out the call. I said, get back to me within 24 hours. I will do an old-school run-your-mouth episode where I just hang out with you and do one. Uh, but then about 20 guys said, fuck it. At last minute, I'll come out. So we got to do a full comedy show, and I put together a bit of a debate recap. So, And I think the host has passed out. So I don't think I, – I think he already lit his house on fire, which was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. He, ma he made his burgers – he made his burgers and lit his house on fire. No, I don't want to have to edit. Do you want to do a segment? No. All right, then that's our episode. Thank you so much for hanging out. Let's have a beer. Let's go find some Mormons to have sex with. A doc. No, salt. I want to salt my penis. No, 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 soak. I want to soak my penis inside a Mormon. Did I say it right? Yeah. If I go to a bar tonight and say, excuse me, lady, are you interested in some soaking? <laughs> All right, that's the episode. Thanks, guys.